You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, it's Black uh, Monday here, and I almost said Black Friday. It's it, There's no sale going on unless there's a sale on head coaches that are unemployed. Brian Flores has been fired in Miami. Matt Nagy in Chicago. Mike Zimmer with the Vikings. Vic Fangio with the Broncos. And there's a couple other coaches that are probably curious if they pull into the parking lot. Does it still say reserved for? Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Spent a lot of time in the first hour. We talked about the coaches being fired. Also, we talked about the philosophy, the strategy last night with the Raiders and the Chargers. I didn't have a problem with the Chargers calling a timeout. Not at all. I do have a big problem if the Raiders were thinking of playing for a tie to allow both of them to get in. Taking a knee in a winnable game? Plus, if I'm the Raiders, I'd much rather play the Bengals than I would the Kansas City Chiefs, so I would be trying to win that game. But the Raiders admitted after the game that they at least pondered the possibility there. And you can pile on Brandon Staley. Yes, I have a soft spot in my heart for him. He's a former Dayton Flyer. And he's, uh, he's a new wave head coach. He's got the analytics. They go for it on fourth down. I don't always agree with that. They did convert six times last night. Had a heck of a comeback there. They got a bright future. But you want to take a timeout, change your personnel, and the Raiders all of a sudden go, oh, okay. Now, I'm going to play this again. Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, in real time last night, when the Chargers called a timeout in overtime, there's two running plays in a row, and the Chargers call a timeout. This will be a 30-second timeout. Mm. What? I think the Raiders were playing to get it down to either a field goal or just let the clock run out, and the Chargers took the timeout. I'm trying to process this myself. Wow. I know. Okay, you still want to get the right personnel in there. Why would I think the Raiders are going to gift us a playoff spot? A divisional opponent is going to gift us a playoff spot. I don't know if Brandon Staley knew something in advance where the Raiders said, hey, by the way, if we are tied late in overtime, we're going to play for the tie. I mean, come on. Brandon Staley is thinking, all right, I don't want them to get closer for Carlson. And Carlson is one of the more accurate kickers in the NFL. And it felt like you were just on the edge of a comfort zone for him. And I have no problem if you call a timeout to get the right people in it. Now, you can say, did he have the right people in there or the right defensive formation? You can make an argument that he didn't. But they get the extra yards, and Carlson makes the field goal. But I don't have any problem calling a timeout. I'm thinking, you guys are going to try to win this game. You don't want to play Kansas City. And you're going to take your chances against Cincinnati. You've been blown out by the Chiefs this year. But I think it's easy to pile on Staley because he does things differently. Uh, There's probably a feeling of he thinks he knows more football than everybody else. I understand all of that. But in that moment, you know, when they were in their, what, 18-yard line and they go for it on fourth down, do I have a problem with that? Yes, I do. The risk and the reward... But he runs the numbers. He knows his team. 
and 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 it and he's the one doing the coaching. But as an armchair coach, quarterback, I'm watching going, I don't like this. So we spent a lot of time talking about that. Also, the Colts gave up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz last year. The Colts were expecting a guy who could lead them into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs. All they had to do was beat Jacksonville. Wentz was sacked six times, completed 58% of his passes, and they were blown out. And now Indy has to wonder about what do we have at quarterback. We just had Lewis Riddick on from Monday Night Football. He said the Colts are stuck at quarterback. I don't know what lies ahead for Carson Wentz, but the Colts are stuck in an awkward spot. You don't have a first-round pick. Wentz is due over $60 million over the next three seasons. <laughs> and the situation could serve as a reminder. Thank you, Paulie. Sorry. For NFL teams. A quarterback who's had success, he had decent numbers this year, but they're, they're really non-threatening numbers. Seven Pro Bowl players and you don't make the playoffs. And it just feels like if he was an EKG, it would be spiking up and spiking down. Colts, Chargers, Browns, Ravens, Saints are out. Raiders, Steelers, Eagles, 49ers are in. National title game coming up. Our poll results from the first hour, Fritzy. Okay, taking a look at the poll as I vamp a little bit here. Give me a second. Okay, we've got who was the most disappointing NFL team this season? Browns at 38%, Ravens 23%, Seahawks 20%, Colts 12 Vikings 6 Saints 1.5%. Joe Montana, cool under pressure, tells the story of the legendary Niners quarterback. Six-part documentary series streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. That's our streaming partner. If you go and sign up, download the app, watch this show. Also, we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country, including uh, those with iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Best and worst of the weekend. I'm going to go start with you, Todd. Best and worst of the weekend. Best of the weekend, the Jaguars showing a lot of heart in their efforts Sunday, dominating the Colts, denying them a playoff spot. Worst of the weekend, my Broncos looking like they're going to end the season on a positive note, beating the Chiefs at mile high, only to lose to KC for the 13th straight time, finishing the year with double-digit losses once again. Seton O'Connor, best and worst of the weekend. Best of the weekend was Seton Hall-UConn. That was a fun game. That that felt like a postseason Elite Eight game between those two. It was like a, like an old-school Big East basketball yeah. game that had been missing for a long, long time, which yep. was just uh, which was just fantastic. Um, and my worst of the weekend, it's kind of uh, I'm not sure why I'm so obsessed with this, but for some reason I am. I don't understand why Odell Beckham Jr. didn't turn t- and make an effort at that at that ball at the end of the Rams game. Well, it was underthrown. It was underthrown, but normally when a ball is underthrown, you see the wide receiver is running, and then they stop and turn back to the location where the ball is landing. And for some reason, I'm not blaming Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't understand why, when he saw the ball was underthrown in the air, just decided to keep running straight instead of turning to make an effort at that ball. I just don't understand it. And, and Twitter in that game, they were burying Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, you got to move on. you you got to bring in Trey Lance. <laughs> you know. And, and then all of a sudden, Garoppolo plays well in the second half. 
and overtime. It, it always feels like he's in the deep end of the pool and you're not sure if he can swim. And he doesn't have floaties on. And then all of a sudden, he's in the playoffs. I mean, Trey Lance is not ready to play. He's, he's got, you know, obviously enormous talent and possibilities, but he's not ready to play. And Garoppolo, like, like this is a playoff team, and you have to have somebody who has that experience to be able to play. Garoppolo is not a great quarterback, not a very good quarterback, but he is good enough. And, and that's the difference. If Trey Lance was on Carolina, then he would be playing all the time. But you're on a team that has potential to make the playoffs, and you have to play Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I, I put a lot of blame on the Rams. I mean, you're up 17 to nothing. You're at home. I mean, you got to solve the Niners here. Um, Paulie, best and worst of the weekend. Speaking of Trey Lance, his North Dakota State buys and shockingly won another FCS title <laughs> over my Montana State Bobcats. Bobcats lost their starting quarterback on the first drive. That hurt them. But congrats to the Bison, 38-10 over Montana State. Yeah. The other best of the weekend, Clay Thompson coming back. I, I kind of assumed he would you know, play like 12 minutes pop a couple jumpers from the edge, you know, and then uh, ease into the season. No, he did not ease in. It was great to see him back. He looks awesome. Man, he was fired up. I was fired up. I mean, I, I can't imagine over 900 days in between playing a basketball game. But he wanted, man, he's dunking, shooting threes, and I'm thinking, God, this is, it's great for the NBA. Yeah, Paul. But do you have that thing when an injured player comes back, you're cringing every time? He went up for that dunk and it was in a crowd, and I'm like, oh, land okay, land okay. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It, it's just you have these fluke injuries. and But for the most part, you're watching games all the time. You don't think of those things. But every time I think of Durant and all the minutes on his leg, the Achilles, uh, even you know with Clay Thompson coming back, like, yes, Derek Rose, I remember doing that when he first came back. 941 days that Clay Thompson had waited. Uh, the passing of Bob Saget last night. Now, he had been on our show a couple of times, and, and he had been in studio. And, uh, you know, he was there. He and Norm McDonald are very similar, that they were a comedian's comedian, that they're so well-respected. And, and Bob was a generous guy and a funny guy and, uh, that was, you know, 65 years of age, dying in a hotel room in Orlando, Florida. I don't know anything else that was attached to it, but uh, that was that was really disappointing. Uh, yeah, Paul. He came on a couple times, and I can remember being in New York. He was nice to everyone, the cameraman, the people in back. Like, there's some people of a certain age that they're like, Bob Saget's here, and they wanted to get pictures, and he was cool. Yeah. The other thing, he asked a lot of questions. He was, so what's Dan's schedule? I mean, does he... Stay up all night watching. He wanted to know the minutiae, what you do and what we do. And he was just super nice to everyone in the building. We've been, we've been fortunate to have a group of those comedians, you know, where Adam, Adam uh, Sandler and, and Will Ferrell, Norm MacDonald, David Spade, uh, you know, just fun guys, good guys, but, you know, professional comedians. And uh, Bob was a really funny guy because he could be funny in a, you know, polite way, he could be really filthy. He could be dark. But uh, when he came in, 
He, you knew he was there, and uh, he wanted to enter. He wanted everybody to laugh. He, he wanted to entertain you. But uh, passing away at the age of uh, sixty-five, yes, he. He had such an interesting career too, because most people got to know him from Full House, yeah. and that character that he was playing is not at <laughs> all who he is. And so then, when you start to see you, you got to know him from that show, but then you got to see some of his stand-up or something. Or I'll never forget. You know, he's got a really famous line in that movie Half Baked, uh, where I can't say it here because it's off color. But you're like, "Whoa, Bob Saget just said that! <laughs> Holy smokes!" And then you, you know, you started to learn who he really was, and it was almost like you know, meeting two different people or something. Oh, and you can't watch Full House ever the, the same. <laughs> yeah. And then he had a cameo in Entourage. Oh, my God. And I'm going, that's Bob Saget, it feels like. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. We'll get some more phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Al in Atlanta. Al, best and worst. Happy National Championship morning to you, Dan. All right. Best of the weekend was despite the Falcons proving your prediction right and sucking it up against the Saints and MBS, it was still a worthwhile football Sunday to watch all those games come down to the wire. It was beautiful. And for my worst, I, I'm not going to have one because I'm just trying to stay positive. Go dogs. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, national title game coming up tonight. There was a report. I don't know who had the report or somebody refuting a report that uh, the Falcons will not entertain the idea of trading Matt Ryan to the Steelers? That was more of a opinion of someone because Arthur Blank is committed to Matt Ryan historically and recently. Yeah. It was, yeah, they, that was their speculative, speculation. Okay, but who came up with the thought of, hey, maybe the Steelers can reach out to the Falcons? for Like somebody had to have something that said, oh, no, the Falcons won't trade Matt Ryan to the Steelers. I know he's from Pennsylvania. I think he grew up an Eagles fan. But I saw that where Steelers not, I guess they wouldn't get the opportunity to entertain that idea of getting Matt Ryan. Yeah, Paul. It was wild watching the end of the Steelers game last night because from play to play, they show Roethlisberger's face. And it's like, we don't know for sure that he's retiring, but it feels that way. And they almost had an interception that would have sealed the game. They didn't get it. It's like his career is going play to play. I'm going home or I'm going to practice for another week. It's fascinating. Well, he won't host a playoff game. So those in Pittsburgh, that's the last that you'll see of him at Heinz Field. But, you know, he did make the playoffs. It was great. You know, it was just you had you had moments there where you weren't quite sure what was going to happen. We've had this in the Premier League. I remember years ago, it was like Man City and uh, Manchester United. And it came down to, like, they were playing games and somebody was up and somebody was down and, like, things were playing out in real time there. And you had that yesterday. And then the possibility of the Chargers and the Raiders ending in a tie. And if that was the case, they would have been in and Ben Roethlisberger's career would be over. We'll take a break. We'll come back with your phone calls. Uh, Carson Palmer makes his Monday morning pit stop. That'll be coming up in an hour from now. But uh, Colts, Chargers, Browns, Ravens, Saints out. If I would have said at the beginning of the year, these teams are going to have one thing in common, you'd probably say, well, they'll be in the playoffs. Raiders, Steelers, Eagles, Niners. If I said they're going to have something in common, you probably would have said they won't be in the playoffs. Crazy, crazy season. Back after this. 
Discover credit card, a message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that you actually want, something you can actually use, something like cashback match. Discover matches all the cashback you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, because when it comes to rewards, you can't go wrong with cashback, can you? Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Oh, will you look at what I got in my inbox? It's a limerick from Todd Fritz. A week 18 limerick. Why not? Let's get it going. Yes, heck yes. Start the new year with a limerick. I love it. Is that my cue to read it? (laughs) Yes. Week 18 made a scream, jump, and cry. A Sunday night finale that was simply do or die. In the Colts, the Jags stuck a pin. Saints almost got in. Big Ben and the Steelers rejoicing no tie. All righty. I love it. You can pick up limericks. You can go to danpatrick.com. Limerick greeting cards by Todd. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. For the show. You can have your own greeting cards. They're beautifully done, and the limericks are pretty good, too, for uh, all occasions. His and her birthdays. There's Hanukkah, Christmas. uh, I think there's like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day. We try to cover as much as we could there. Arbor Day. Arbor Day is my favorite. Yeah. No, don't even try it. Tree Rollins. Charles Cliff Oakley. Cliff Brand. There you Leaf. go. Ryan Leaf. <laughs> you already got him. Charles Barkley. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> next level. Well done. Otis is drunk. No, no, no. no, no. That goes too fast, too far back. Yeah. Yeah. All of your references. You really do. That's all I leave. Well, I'm stuck in the 70s and 80s. That's yes. what happens. Yes, you are. All righty. Uh, let's see. Get a couple of phone calls in here. I saw this quote by Antonio Brown. I know he was on a podcast, and he was pretty much uh, airing everything he could air. He said, Tom Brady can't do bleep by himself, but you guys going to make it seem like he's this heroic guy. Bro, we all humans, bro. We all depended on somebody else to do the job. You know, if I'm Antonio Brown, well, maybe, look, I, I, I can't sit here and try to understand him, but Tom Brady opened up his house to you. He, he wanted you in New England. He fought for you in New England. He wanted you in Tampa. He wanted you to get your money. He, he got you your money the previous year. He got you, helped you get a Super Bowl. Yes, did you help him? Yes. But Tom Brady opened his house to you. And now you've turned on Tom Brady as well. I, I said it when he got released. He'll get another job. He's 33. He'll get another job. I truly believe that. But he'll burn down another house. He had an ideal situation in Pittsburgh. Ideal. Great organization. Hall of Fame coach. Hall of Fame wide re- or, uh, quarterback. You got it all. And he burned down the house there. The Raiders burned down the house there. New England, and you know, on the out out the door, he's uh, saying something about the owner. He calls the commissioner a racist. Hey, let's bring him into Tampa. Now he's going to burn down, you know, the house that 
you know, Tom Brady let him stay in. Yeah, see, there was a there are some people laughing though that uh, all of Antonio Brown's ex teams are in the playoffs this year. <laughs> Just kind of funny. There was this weird moment though in that podcast where he uh, had a moment of silence for himself. He's like sitting back on this couch, you know what I mean? He's sort of all sprawled out, and he's like, "Hey, bro, can we get a moment of silence for Antonio Brown, please?" Thank you. You're like, dude, what? <laughs> and there's these two other dudes sitting there with them that are like, yeah, man, this is crazy. This. He he needs more moments of silence <laughs> from himself. Can I get a moment of silence for Antonio Brown, please? Oh. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. But once you start, you know, going all in on Brady, and he's had these opportunities, and he can't help himself. Part of the problem is he, he's never to blame. It's always everybody else. And that's not going to change. But for everybody who says he needs to get help, is somebody going to get him help and they want to sign him? Because I don't think that's the case. They're going to bring him in and you know that the fuse is going to be lit. The question is how long that fuse is. When is it going to detonate? Because it will, because he can't help himself. And he loves this taste of celebrity. You, you can't get it out of your mouth. And it, it's, you know, unquenchable, quenchable. He, he wants to make sure that he's always going to be in the spotlight. He's only 33, but he'll get another chance. I believe so. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Cam in Indiana. Hi, Cam. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Uh, all I got is the worst of the weekend for you, which would be Indianapolis Colts. But uh, here's what I wanted to ask you, and it's going to be a tough question. Uh, let's say you're Jim Irsay. Walking in uh, is Frank Wright and Chris Ballard. Uh What's that conversation going to be like, if you could paint that picture for me? Uh, so uh, you're stuck with Carson Wentz. Like contractually, you're stuck with him. I don't think anybody's trading for him. See, that's what you... I look at the Giants, and the Giants have to rebuild. But it's weird, because I can look at the Giants and say, all right, you got two top ten draft picks. You can rebuild. Maybe you get a new coach. You're going to have a new GM. You're going to move on from quarterback and running back. You know, the, the Colts have a lot of talent, but if your quarterback can only take you so far... Like, that's even more frustrating. Like, the Giants are embarrassing. Like, the Colts should be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl or one of the favorites to win the AFC. They truly should. And you look at all the injuries that the Titans had this year, everything the Titans went through with COVID, and here they are, the number one seed in the AFC. The Chiefs struggled to start the year. Like the Colts, you have a great running back. You've got a good offensive line. You've got some defensive playmakers. And it just feels like if you don't have a quarterback that you can trust, then, you know, you're dead. That's so tantalizing where you go, God, we can be really good. Like there's some franchises, like Detroit is not good. You know that. Jacksonville's not good. Like the Jets aren't good. When you're that good, that close to being really good, and then you realize it, it's, it's a false front. Like there's a trap door there. You don't know where it is, but it's there. And you saw that yesterday. 
They came out. If I would have said, tell me which team is really bad and which team has seven Pro Bowl players, you would have went, well, Jacksonville's the better team. And they were yesterday. The Colts in a must-win situation. The Jags, I give them credit. They played hard. Detroit played hard against Green Bay. Now, you can say, well, you know, that screws up your draft selection. All right, there's no, I got to have that guy in this year's draft at the top. And I applaud those who play hard for Dan Campbell in Detroit. They could have they said, hey, you know what? We're going to let Green Bay win this game. Let's get the number one pick. Jacksonville, everything that's gone on there, those guys played hard. They wanted to spoil the Colts season. Now, I was one of those people who said at the beginning of the year, when we go to 17 games, we could have two weeks of meaningless games. And that was not the case. We got lucky this weekend. You know, flexing to that night game with NBC, with the Raiders and Chargers, I mean, we were very fortunate. But I, I, I worried and still worry about, you know, week 17, week 18, having a lot of meaningless games. I worry about the injuries. Look at the number of injuries. Now, we had COVID, but the number of injuries at the quarterbacking position. The fact that the Saints almost made the playoffs and they've used, what, four quarterbacks this year? Crazy. You know, Baltimore almost got in and they don't even have Lamar Jackson there. But you have, you know, it's the greatest reality show we have on TV, the NFL. Yeah, Paul. Did you see the stat on the Tennessee Titans? They've had 89 active players on their roster this year, shuffling in and out, signing guys on a Wednesday, playing Sunday, yeah. and they cut them or pop them on a practice squad. And, and you know, had a good year, really good year. Morgan in Maryland joins us. Hey, Morgan. Hey, good morning. How are you? Great. What's on your mind today? Excellent. Um, best and worst of the weekend, definitely uh, Raiders and Chargers, the back and forth, those big like fourth and ten conversions, and absolutely do not play for a tie. I mean, if it ends up in a tie, sure. You don't play for a tie anytime. It's ridiculous that people are even saying that. Yeah, if Carlson misses the field goal and, and it ends in a tie, well, that's that's an accidental tie. But it, it, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then worst of the weekend, 100% Ravens and Steelers. I was at the game. Oh. It was sad. I don't care. That was Ben's like, you know, last rodeo there. I don't want to get sweeped by Ben and the Steelers ever, especially not at M&T Bank Stadium, surrounded by people in those awful Bumblebee jerseys. It's just <laughs> too much to bear. It's too much. And just real quick, Dan, sorry, I have two questions for you. Yeah. One, do you think that the Ravens will keep Tyler Huntley as a backup now, or do you think he's going to get signed because he just did such a good job stepping in for Lamar? I think he did. And then second, I know that everyone is gunning for McLovin's seat, but I want to throw my hat in the ring for the the road trip with Seaton for the van. Ooh. Just throwing it out there. Wow. I know a couple people are already doing it, but I'm throwing it out there. Okay, but Morgan, right, what yes. do you what do you bring to the table? Oh, I can talk about soccer all day. Seaton's a soccer person. I can talk about soccer all day. Okay. I can talk about sports in general all day. So I mean, I'm bringing it to the table. You know, can, I think I have I have, think I have it to offer. I think I'm good. Can you drink? Oh, come on. Of course. Of course. Okay. All right. Snow beers. Snow beers. Snow beers. All right. I like that. Snow beers. Well, thank you, Morgan. All right. All right. Thank Thank you. you. That's uh, Morgan in Maryland joining us.
I I would keep my quarterback if I can, but I don't know if you're going to be able to keep him because he showed some signs of uh, you know Lamar Jackson, a lighter Lamar Jackson there. But I I like what I saw from him. But you got to pay Lamar here coming up. <laughs> I don't know how much you're going to have for Huntley there. Uh, Seton, you may have Morgan joining you. Uh, for snow beers as you drive cross country. A lot of positives there. <laughs> Mercedes Benz. You talk soccer with Morgan. Let's go. Yeah. You could drive. You could. I don't know if you planned your uh, your course of action here. Course. Of, uh, course. Taking the Mercedes Benz Sprinter to Los Angeles. But, you know, you could probably uh, drop down and go to Baltimore and pick her up. There is a route that that includes <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> Yeah, Paulie. Oh, Captain Morgan. You spent a week with Whoa. Captain Morgan before, haven't you seen <laughs> sure. yeah. back in the day? You ain't kidding. Yep. You ain't kidding. Heard his good time. Yep. So so you were told. Captain <laughs> yeah. Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy in Wisconsin. Hi, Jeremy. Best and worst of the weekend. Hey, good morning, DP, fellas. A couple uh, best and worst, and then a quick question, if I may. So best of the weekend is I picked myself up the Aaron Shrugged tea from the website. And uh, interestingly enough, the worst of the weekend, I felt like I had to read the book, so I got Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> so it looks like I have to read a book. Okay. Can you let Seton know that I will, hey, if we're going to be like getting, you know, some uh, opportunities to ride with him, my, uh, I'll, I'll include a bottle of Buffalo Trace. So that's what I bring to the table. All Man, right. this is getting spicy Thank now. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. All right. I see that, uh, you know, hold out to the highest bidder. So that's a fellow right there who gets it. Yeah. We can be bought. And by the way, Seton's not driving the van. I think it's the French kid who's driving. I think we're going to split. Oh, I'm you not, are? Yeah, I'm not going to have him do the whole, like... I don't know who yeah. I trust more. <laughs> you or the French kid driving these sprint. That Sprinter van is so gorgeous. And I, it's going to be like when you send one of your kids off to college. You know, it's like, oh, God, I don't know when I'll see you again. going to have to hire a driver for you and the French kid going cross country with the, uh, the van. Yeah, Paul. If the French kid drives like he plays basketball, they're not going to make it out of the parking lot. They're going to be in a ditch. He's all over the place. Well, Mario wanted to drive. Oh, no. And if, if Mario drives the way he shoots a basketball, that's not good either. No rhyme or reason? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Dwight in Iowa. Hi, Dwight. Best and worst of the weekend. My best is my Raiders win the game. My worst is, Dan, I totally disagree with you. Uh, John Madden's family was there to light the torch. Al Davis and him are having a conversation. You can kill two birds with one stone. You can stick it to the NFL, which we all loved, knew that uh, Al would love to do that. And John could get payback for the immaculate reception by going ahead and just (laughs) kneeling down, kneeling down, and keeping the Steelers out of the playoffs. Younger generation's way too soft here. Way too soft. You stick it to them, just like Al would want. Uh, no sense of history anymore. You got to be thinking of the immaculate reception coming down the, coming down at the end of the game. You got to kneel it and take the Steelers out. All right, thank you, Dwight. I'm not letting a divisional opponent get in, and I could end up going to Kansas City. I got to think bigger picture here. 
I'm not going to be petty and say, boy, we got to knock the Steelers out. And the Steelers, they don't scare me. Kansas City scares me. Even the Chargers would scare me. But you, you play to win the game, as my buddy Herm Edwards once said. You play to win the game. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Is this thing on? Yeah. You Hello? don't play to tie the game. People just have a problem with, you know, a young whippersnapper like Brandon Staley and, you know, analytics and all this stuff. I mean, he, he called a timeout to put in the... I don't know why this is such a big issue. It would be a big issue if the Raiders played for a tie. That would be the big issue, not the Chargers. He called a timeout to get the right people in. Didn't work out. They got 10 yards, made it easier for Carlson to kick the field goal. If I'm him, there's nothing that says, you know, they might be playing for a tie here. Yes, he Rex Ryan this morning sort of went in on Brandon Staley, where and the criticisms weren't necessarily about the play calling. It was it was you're supposed to be this uh, this defensive genius. You're supposed to be a genius. You haven't earned your stripes yet. It was all guy out of a job, you know, with critiquing this younger guy. Oh, Rex, you're supposed to be a genius. You're supposed to be a genius. You haven't earned your stripes yet. Rex sounded like such an old guy. You haven't even shaved yet. Go, why don't you focus on going to prom? It's like he's not that young. Uh, it was this close to the. I've forgotten more football than you know. It was he was this close to that. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Take a break. More phone calls coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeart Radio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, number one Alabama takes on number three Georgia, national title game. Played just over a month ago, tied winning by 17. Both teams went on to make the playoffs, handled their opponents with ease. And I guess you can complain about a rematch, but if these are the two best teams, normally that's what you want. But you're probably going to get uh, a little bit more of a defensive game this time around. We've seen teams lose and come back and beat the same team in the title game. In 2011, Alabama lost to LSU, then went on to beat the Tigers in the title game. And tonight, it should be very competitive. Uh, Georgia is favored in this game. Both teams have future NFL players scattered throughout their rosters there. But uh, hopefully a memorable game between two outstanding teams. I like how some of these coaches are now speaking about uh, out about name, image, and likeness. And uh, they don't like this competitive balance here. Well, I don't know how you put a salary cap on what somebody can earn. And now it's all above board. You know, can you get federal legislation here in deciding, hey, you can only make this amount of money. The coaches can make, uh, hey, whatever you want to pay us. But you, our star quarterback, you can only make $1 million. 
Yeah, Seton. It's weird, though, because the coaches that are complaining about a potential imbalance in competitiveness feel like the deck has been incredibly <laughs> stacked in their favor for the last 10 to 20 years. Oh, name, image, and likeness. <laughs> yes, Pauling? It's like Jeff Bezos complaining about the state of the market or something like that. Nick Saban's line was, we need some kind of national legislation to control that. There will be an imbalance as to who dominates college football if it's not regulated. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. No. I thought we just worked it out that it will be less. Be- what? How, how does Coach Saban say that without going, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> You know, we've been dominating this sport here. Name, image, and likeness. Uh, Deion Sanders got another top recruit. So he's got the top defensive back and one of the top wide receivers going to Jackson State. That's going to make a hell of a package when Deion takes another job here in a year from now. Because if those kids are coming to play with Deion, they are leaving when Deion leaves. And... Dion did, you know, he was behind the scenes looking to get another job. Not anytime soon, but this was last year that reaching out to a lot of these athletic directors, from what I'm told. I don't know how long he stays at Jackson State. Hopefully he stays there a long time. Rebuild the program. Used to be that when I was growing up, the old AFL would sign players out out of the historically black colleges and universities. You'd see a lot of these teams that uh, would, would have the, you know, the Steelers would get a lot of those players. Kansas City Chiefs would get a lot of those players. But you had scouts, African-American scouts, who knew the talent that was down there. And there were a lot of players, if you were a black quarterback, you got a chance to probably play that position at Grambling or Jackson State, Morgan State. And as a result, you had... These scouts who knew that, okay, maybe he's not a professional quarterback, but he could be a wide receiver or defensive back. And some of these teams, it felt like a lot of the AFL teams were, were doing that. Uh, Steelers certainly did and Kansas City did. Yeah, Paul. We had Deion on a few years ago, and you asked him about the Florida State job, what he wanted someday. He goes, I want it now. Yeah, no. And people are like, well, you have to work your way up. I was looking at it. In, in professional basketball, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Vinny Del Negro, Steve Kerr, others. Steve have, Nash. Steve Nash, yeah have gotten head coaching jobs in the NBA without coaching one minute of basketball on any level. Why does that not happen in football? Like, the NFL's never done that, never even considered it. It's just, the jobs are night and day different. Yeah. Because I'm only worried about, if I'm coaching in the NBA, if I know the NBA, now it just comes down to, do I have good assistants? Um, Whereas if I'm running a program, I got to deal with a whole lot of people. And, 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 you know, did Florida State miss out? Yeah, they did. Because you would get name recognition. He wants to come back to his alma mater. And you know that he would be recruiting even better than what he's recruiting at Jackson State. Because now you have name, image, and likeness that you can recruit, and then you can also give these recruits something. I don't know what Jackson State has to give other than access to Deion Sanders. And Dion will make you a better player, certainly at those two positions. But I was surprised that Florida State said no to him. But I was told, look, when you run a college football program, you're, there's so many things. You're a CEO. And is Dion willing to put in the time to be that CEO? And I, I have no idea. It just feels like Dion's one of those guys who's not going to be embarrassed, but he's going to embarrass you. Nathan in California. Nate, what's on your mind today? 
Hey, Dan, how are you? Oh, great, Nate. What's so, on your mind? So my best of the weekend is quite literally the entire Sunday. I have watched, I'm 45 years old. I've watched since I was a child. That is the best season finale I have witnessed in my memory. Great. Uh, the worst is, did CBS really send a, a portion of their television audience away from the Raven Steelers game yes. to go to a late game. They went to the Jets game. Somehow, somehow, they have to make sure whatever rules are in place need to be changed to make sure that never, ever happens. You can't take people away from what is obviously the most important game going on at that time. But there's a there's a time element attached to this, Nathan. Just so you know, thanks for the phone call. Location as well. Yeah, Paulie. So if you're watching the end of Ravens-Steelers, Ravens fans and Steelers fans didn't lose that game. Those local markets kept the game. But fans in New York, the New York area, or the Boston area, they went to their local game started, which you know CBS knows that they don't want to mess with the local fans. Yeah. Local fans want to see the Jets start. Yeah, see. I was waiting for the Patriots game to start, and I was very happy that they switched away. Not that I didn't want to see the end of it, but I was like, all right, this is the game I want to watch now. Uh, Jamie in Washington. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. 5'7", 195, down 30 pounds this morning, so pretty happy about that. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to start with my worst of the weekend. Broncos with another losing season. Fritzy, I know you feel my pain. Uh, Fangio's a brilliant defensive mind, but, man, Denver's got to figure out something at quarterback or we're just going to keep going down this road. Uh, best of the weekend, uh, though I'm not a Tampa Bay fan by typically, um, seeing, seeing Brady out there, staying in there to help Gronk, you know, Get his money, and you know, in light of everything that's going on with Antonio Brown, pretty I, interesting to see him in there. Thank you, Jamie. I wonder what management thinks when they see Brady out there feeding the ball to Gronk, so Gronk can make another million dollars. That's why you have these incentives, you know. And Brady wanted to stay in there to make sure that Gronk got his money. Two hours in the books, one more to go. We'll talk to the uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Carson Palmer. He'll join us coming up next here, Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close at hour two. Puerto Rico, the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities. But finding the right projects to invest in can be a pretty tall task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of the equation. What Impeller is is a new online tool spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors and on-island projects looking for capital. Discover innovative projects across all sectors from healthcare and tech to clean energy, visitor economies, and commercial real estate. Impeller's easy-to-use features allow you to get right to the deal. You can also find out background information on financials, company background, leadership performance. You can also make that informed decision when investing in Puerto Rico. Empower your investment portfolio with the opportunities the island has to offer. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller and set up your account today. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico.